Comic Book Club News gives you the comic book news you need to know first thing in the morning every weekday in the form of digestible three to five minute long podcasts. Comic Book Club News recaps breaking news stories from Marvel, DC Comics, and beyond Monday through Friday. New episodes drop 6 a.m. ET in the Comic Book Club News feed so they're ready for you when you're ready for the day. Comic Book Club News. You hear it second or third, possibly fourth. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Welcome to Riverdale After Dark, the sexiest show that takes place after dark about Riverdale. I'm Alex Albin. I'm Justin Tyler. I'm Pete LePage. And we're the three least sexy podcast hosts. (laughs) Yeah. So we're talking about the most recent episode of Riverdale, which was easily the most gothic gothic episode so far, I think. But to get you guys yeah. caught up before we get there, Jason Blossom, a resident of Riverdale, a sleepy little town, has been murdered. And nobody knows exactly who did it, but a bunch of people are investigating at this point. Uh, We have a number of our favorite Archie characters, Betty and Jughead, are on the school newspaper, which, of course, is tasked with investigating murders. So they're right on it. Also, you have the Cooper parents, Betty's parents, who are newsmen, newspaper people, and they're investigating as well. And, of course, there's uh, the sheriff, who is Kevin Keller's dad, who's investigating, too. But the person who probably wants to know what happened to Jason more than anybody else is his twin sister, Cheryl, who was left behind. Clearly, there's some secret she knows, uh, but she's been uh, very much a complicated character throughout this. She's kind of the – sorry for to use the term, but she's kind of like the uber bitch of the school right out of a teen movie. But she's much deeper than that in a lot of this she's episode. She's complicated. She she's is. Complicated. Yeah. Uh, a lot of this episode was about finding out more about shareable, shareable, Cheryl. Uh, she's shareable. She's Great. a shareable Cheryl. The shareable Cheryl. We should do that. We should release some gifts or something. People love gifts. Uh, but before we get into the plot points, what do you guys think about this episode? Uh, I would label this episode "White People Are Creepy." I think that's. <laughs> yeah. Was... I mean, yeah. You could also label this podcast that. Yeah, or, <laughs> or potentially the entire world. Yeah, oh. <laughs> uh, this was my least favorite episode. So far. really interesting. Yeah, Why? Uh, I just think it felt well. We focus on Archie for a lot of it, and it's sort of boring. Uh, and we just didn't move the plot forward a lot. I it, it made me realize how much I love watching Betty do stuff and be weird. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and it just felt like there wasn't a ton of drama. The Archie versus Reggie, who's going to be quarterback stuff, felt 
pretty pretty tame and pretty predictable. Uh, and uh, the story's just not the murder story isn't pushed too far for me. That's interesting. I yeah. mean, we'll, we'll get to some clues in a second, but I, I kind of see what you're saying where it was the most typical A plotty, B plotty episode of the show so far versus things have been there. We've had multiple plots running at the same time, but they've all had a certain craziness to them. Even last episode, the uh, the last picture show plot of the drive in closing down had a huge twist when it turned out Jughead was living there and the son of the head of the Southside Serpents and his sister is missing and all of these different things. What were you going to say, Pete? I was just going to say, I actually agree with Justin. I felt like this episode was definitely was a little flatter and uh yeah it was just like i don't care about the football team there's bigger things going on here uh yeah it was just it was also a bad betty episode i feel like this was a very much a veronica episode and uh she was doing a lot of great stuff mm. Um, yeah, I mean, one of the things that we're moving the ball down the field, forgive the football metaphor. Oh, man. I'm glad you said field instead of court this time. You yes. really learned. I'm, I studied for hours, literally hours, <laughs> just to figure out what I was talking about for that one reference. Uh, moving the ball down the field for the whole Betty, Veronica, Archie love triangle. I mean, that's coming. And I think we got a little bit of note with that, with Veronica yep. very sweetly kissing Archie's hand when he heard Aww. his little hand. Now that scene, I like. So let's get into the actual plot of the show before we uh, we're starting to touch on it a little bit with the Veronica stuff and we'll get there. But uh, we kick off with a crazy gothic dream that Cheryl is happening. Uh, Cheryl is having she is carrying candelabras. She sees a zombie Jason. Uh, what did you guys think about this? Do you want to see more of this out of the show? I was hoping that I was like, yes, all right, let's get some zombies in here to shake it up. But then I was like, boo, dream. Uh. Yeah. Did you? Take, I liked it a lot too. Yeah. Did you take that at all? There, there's a comic book series for those who don't know called Afterlife with Archie, which is awesome. Yeah, it's a nice little shout out. Yeah, and that's a uh, that's uh, written by Roberto Aguirre-Sacasa, who uh, show runs this show. So, did you take it as a reference, Justin, or did you just feel like? Yeah, zombies. Definitely. I feel like it was uh, a great nod where everyone who loves the comic could be like, oh, my God, they're doing it. And then yeah. obviously they're not. But uh, I thought it was a cool little nod. Yeah, I do, like, I do like the idea that this show almost flirts with going supernatural without actually being supernatural. It's still a teen soap. It's still, relatively speaking, takes place in the real world. But there's always these weird elements that skirt up against being otherworldly without actually being that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And uh, that gives it an edge. But that's why I, again, thought this episode was sort of weaker. Besides that, it played out like any episode of any other teen mm -hmm. melodrama. Except uh, right after we saw that crazy dream, we got to see Archie boxing all night with his shirt off. And even his dad was like, dude... You're hot. Cool it. Yeah. Put, yeah. <laughs> put a shirt like, on. Dude, put a shirt on. It's after midnight. Yeah, don't talk bad about Luke Perry like that. He wasn't like that. This was a great Luke Perry episode, though. He yeah. was really <laughs> doing a lot, helping people. Uh, I, I liked the uh, the diner stuff. It was fantastic for him. Yeah. I 
I actually thought it was maybe it was a fine Luke Perry episode, but his character, which is named Fred Andrews, kind of a terrible oh. episode just because he's a total pushover. Um, yeah, he's a sucker. Wait, right from that, right from that what first. What are you talking scene, about? Like he goes up to Archie and he's like, "Hey man, could you stop boxing?" And Archie's basically like, "No, I got to get in shape." <laughs> Well, and then there's there's a running thread throughout the scene, uh, throughout the episode where Archie is hanging out with one of the pussycats from Josie and the Pussycats, Valerie, Val, and they're in their room together. Uh, Late, Fred comes in and says, hey, Archie, it's time to go to bed and sees her in there. And he's not even like, oh, you're with a girl. Okay, I'll leave you alone. Archie's like, can you just go, Dad? And he's like, all right, okay, I'll go. Well, there was that. He backs off. No, there was yeah. that context of like he was kind of like in and out of the door, like uh, this is weird because my son, it's late. There's a girl in the room. I don't know what to do. I'm saying dumb things, and that yeah, I thought it was like a nice, honest moment for his character. I liked it. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it felt like he was given up very easily, and he's done that a lot. We talked about this last episode with the stuff with Grundy, where. There was a very nuanced reaction in terms of a overage teacher sleeping with his underage son, but he let it go pretty easily. And basically anything Archie wants to do, Fred lets him do across I the don't, board. I don't like the way you're disagreeing with his parenting. All right? he's, he's trying to be a good parent. He doesn't want to be too strict. He's trying to be the cool dad. I mean, I like this struggle. I think it's an honest struggle. He's like if a teen heartthrob grew up and was like, I guess I'm a parent now. Yeah, exactly. So he's like, keep being a teen heartthrob, son. Yeah, pretty much. He's like, okay, got to go boxing at midnight to keep those abs up so you can have those shirtless scenes, son. Yeah. But the same way, though, his other big plot line in the episode is his burgeoning romance with Hermione Lodge or maybe not romance with Hermione Lodge. Uh, where first, or maybe or maybe or maybe not. Well, uh, there's a lot of or details maybe there. or or maybe not or because maybe she, or maybe not. Maybe or maybe not. Maybe <laughs> not. Maybe they go back Let and forth like this. They go back and forth a lot throughout the episode where he thought they went on a date together to the drive in. She did not think that. Uh, and classic. We get another detail dropped in there that we knew she's still married to Hiram Lodge, even though he is in jail for embezzling or whatever else he's in jail for. But we don't know what's going on with Mrs. Andrews. I know I brought this yeah. up last episode, but what do you think? What What's going on? Because she says you're still married, but mm-hmm. clearly she's not around. Yeah, I think she ran out on. Yeah. And I think that's why Lou Perry is letting Archie do whatever he wants. Because he's like, well, mom left. I fucked up. But I think it's also weird. He's like, she, if the, the wife is gone, he's like, I'm going to get out there. I'm going to get that Hermione Lodge. Nothing wrong with that. And the best way of uh, always doing that, I mean, you guys know this from, you know, getting with plenty of girls, is give them a big hug and smell their hair. <laughs> yeah, wow. You sound like a psychopath in so many ways. <laughs> that scene, this is another thing. Like, she keeps pushing him off and pushing him off. And when she finally he finally gets a hug from her, he smells her hair, which is one of the weirdest, ickiest things that you can possibly do. I don't know if you guys felt like that, but that scene I didn't creeped that me way. out. No. I mean, smelling a girl's hair is like the classic creep thing. It's like a creep textbook number one. I think that you guys are underestimating how good her hair smelled, and he couldn't help himself. 
Oh, it's a very uh, yeah. She uses Pert Plus. <laughs> yeah, the Plus makes a huge difference. <laughs> I was going to say it's probably because she works in pops all day, so her hair smells like French fries, which is delicious. Oh, I mean, you got it. And we know he loves amazing. fried food. Yes, yeah. he's a big fan. I um, would be surprised if he started accidentally chewing on her hair and didn't realize. <laughs> yeah, he's going to eat her hair. Yeah, like any great courtship. Archie <laughs> yeah. Double Digest uh, issue sixty four. <laughs> the hair eating strip. Right. No, I remember that really well. And everybody's like, well, where's, why did my hair be gone? Yeah. That's oh, not what they said. I don't know. That was back when Jughead loved hair burgers. Yeah. Yep. Um, I think we should probably get off this and talk about something else instead. Can we, can we talk about the box moment in the diner? Sure. Yes, before sir. we move on from Hermione's plotline, I, I, just to give a little bit of context, Hermione's plotline right now is that she gave a little bit of money to the Southside Serpents to make the drive in a real bad place to hang out so that Hiram from jail could purchase the land for some unknown purpose. We, we're not sure yet why he did that. And then this episode, she's in the diner. She gets a box. And what's in the box? Not a dick in the box. It's a snake in the box. Uh, uh what did you want to talk about, Pete? You like snakes? Well, yeah. What did you guys think was in the box? I thought it was her husband's head. I thought it was a seven moment. Yeah. I mean, I did. I actually did think that first. But I was like, they won't do that. That's fucked up. It's yeah. I mean, that's uh, that's, I think, like slightly too far for this show. I don't think they'd put the head in the box. And also Hiram in general, like we talked about, is probably going to end up being the big bad of the series if it has a big bad. So I don't think they're going to off him yet. Setting a snake yeah. in a box was super weird, though. That was that. That's a well, silly message. Well, to me, it's like they're the, the serpents. serpents. They sent a serpent. Is like what? That's how <laughs> that's they a, do it. Yeah, that's a very that's a big clue as to who's yeah. out to get you. Well, so where do these bikers find a snake like that? that right. Well, if you're called the serpents, you got to go out and buy a bunch. I mean, that's just how it goes. But then you got to keep it alive. You got to yep. maybe they have like a rat guy. They get mm-hmm. uh, he opens a trench coat and there's it's like a whole thing. Yeah. thing yeah. Right. They probably I mean, maybe this is uh, teasing that the Southside Serpents are based out of the zoo and they're all secretly zookeepers. Oh, that would oh, be cool. That's awesome. A yeah. real basis in science. Yeah, that would yeah. be pretty sweet. My biggest problem, I mean, I under, maybe I'd act differently if somebody delivered me a box of a snake, but Hermione couldn't put the lid back on. It seemed like a pretty docile Oh, come snake. on, dude. You would be freaked out if you opened a box and we were really close to it and there was a snake right there. Right. You I would just, then I go would back whip, and put the lid on. I would whip out my recorder and play a sweet snake song. Uh-huh. And that, that, little, that little dude would dance. You try, and you then it would snake. bite your jugular. Charm that's bite my jughead dealer. I the, get it. Uh, well, I feel like maybe the south the the south side serpents were giving her just a fun gift. They're serpents, so they're like, "Hey, we love you. Here's yeah. a snake. Your friend. We're friends. Yeah. Welcome to the gang." Maybe if we had if she had waited a little bit, maybe the snake would have been like, "Welcome to the gang." Oh yeah, wow! Like that. Yeah, it's parcel tongue, dude. Absolutely. I think we should probably move on from this plot line because it was a pretty minor part of the episode. And yeah. instead, uh, let's talk about the other stupid minor plot line where Archie has the big game, but he also has to do his big concert at the same time. Or rather, he is competing to be the captain of the football team with Reggie. And at the same time, he is introduced to a potential new mentor at the local college. Um, 
And yeah. uh, he can't decide because he's musicking too hard to football and he's footballing too hard to music. So what does he do? We can, speaking of doing, like, I feel like we could do without this plot line, right? Like, this is pretty typical of every teen movie and, and it wasn't really adding anything new. Yeah, well, I agree. it did. I, it, I, I was like, this is bullshit. But then the only point was then he was injured and you got that amazing Veronica Archie scene. So I, then I was like, worth it. Yeah, I agree. I did like that moment. But I, especially finally seeing Archie versus Reggie, I was psyched. And instead of it being like a cool uh, competition between them where they're both uh, at each other, we just get Reggie being like, hey, man, get out of the play. I'm your friend. He's Archie's like, I don't care about my guitar hand. And we don't get any sort of conflict between them. They're just like buddies. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it seemed very atypical. And even for Reggie in the show, he has been a jerk so far. Not a total jerk, but pretty much a jerk. And we didn't get any of that. I mean, maybe it was based on the fact that, and this is jumping around a bit, but based on the fact that at Jason Blossom's memorial, Archie gave Jason Blossom's old football jersey to Jason's mom, which was a really touching. Yeah, it was very touching, very sweet gesture. Super weird of Archie to wear a Letterman jacket to a memorial. Uh, Yeah, we can skip past that. Uh, But maybe that's why Reggie was being okay because he understood Archie was doing a nice thing there. Mm -hmm. I disagree. I feel like Reggie was okay because it was like the point of the story was Archie's internal struggles when it would have been way more fun if it was an external struggle between Reggie. Hmm. But because the, the story of Archie being like, oh, my hand, what will I do with it? I was like, we know you're going to choose music. All you've talked about is music this whole time. But what was weird is he was saying his hand was hurt, but then we was holding the guitar later. Didn't seem like there was an issue there. So I was like, what the fuck? You get one kiss yeah. and all of a sudden it's magically fine. I, I will Veronica's say. kisses are magical, I'll have you know. <laughs> oh, shit. She, she brought me back, back to life once. What? Oh, wow. That's crazy. Um, you're a zombie or something like that? Yeah, I was uh, I was hit by a car, undead instantly. Uh-huh. Kissed me once. I I was better looking. My teeth were whiter. Wow. My hair was nice. You know what? I would. That's too bad because it would have been nice to know you in zombie form. You might have been a nicer guy. That's that's probably unlikely. I will say <laughs> that I did appreciate the other half of the storyline being that Archie probably actually sucks at music. I like that a lot. Because yeah. there's been all, everybody being like, wow, you're amazing. You're so good. He's really not that great. And for the yeah. mentor guy to be like, nah, you probably were told good by this lady who you seem to have some sort of connection with, but you're not that great. And my instant reaction was like, he should probably have sex with that guy and then they'll be super <laughs> into each other. But I, I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. Um, well, that was a know, weird maybe. thought, Sal. That was a weird thought. <laughs> that's how he gets stuff done, dude. You can't solve all your problems with sex, Alex, no matter how yeah. hard you try. I'll keep trying. Yeah, yeah I know you will. Yeah. Let's talk. Let's move on and talk about the uh, major plot line for the episode, uh, which almost was split into two parts. So there is this memorial for Jason Blossom. Cheryl is struggling with it. Her mom tells her, you need to stay away from the memorial. You're not allowed to oh, say man. anything She's there. She's the worst. Uh, you, Pete, actually, just to stop there for a moment, you've been pretty critical about a lot of the parents in the show. What do you think about the Blossoms? They're awful. I mean, Jesus, that dinner was so creepy. Uh, yeah, I was – yeah, they're, they're, the, they're the worst. I mean, they're, it's, it's really, really 
heartbreaking. And then the fact that Veronica had to sit there in the middle of that shit. I mean, damn. It's almost like the the show saying, "Oh, you think these kids have are fucked up and have problems? Check out the parents." Yeah, yeah. Except for Fred Andrews, seems like a grown up milk toast version of Archie. These other parents are like crazy, uh, off the off the board uh, all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My my biggest problem with the top uh, the this particular plot line is there was such a great setup there right from the beginning where they have the scene they're setting up the memorial and they tell the sheriff this and Cheryl this that they're inviting all the suspects to the memorial yeah and that that's, was cool that's awesome I love that idea and then there was no follow through on it there was no like figuring out of clues all it's a setup for secrets to be blown out and for things to fall apart. And it went right up to the edge of that. And it never really happened in my opinion. Yeah, I agree with you. It would have been nice if we learned how like dark and twisted the blossom parents are, but then at the Memorial, they were like super bright and sunny because mm-hmm. they were just like, you investigating. thought they were sunny. You thought that was sunny. No, I'm saying they should have been like very friendly and nice because they're trying to watch all of the potential suspects who will come to the memorial. I don't know if you can turn it on and off like that, but I thought I that I'm a sociopath. I, oh, well, that makes sense. Uh, I, I felt like the funeral did give us a lot of information uh, and you really get got to see a lot of from people, uh, especially Betty's dad uh, drinking in the corner. I mean, that that said a lot, I thought. I sure. Thought I mean, we'll get to that information in a second, and there were things that came out, but uh, forgive me for a second, but did you guys ever watch Gossip Girl? No. Who are we talking to right now? <laughs> so go- a Gossip Girl special. What does like, this have to do with anything? I'm about can to I, explain. Can I punch you in the stomach through this uh, <laughs> computer? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, Through right through Skype. Please do. Uh, on Gossip Girl, you know, they, they didn't do this initially, but they would get into a rhythm with every episode where every episode there would be some sort of event that they went to. Or it's like, hey, it's the big fall cotillion. It's a benefit for X. And every time they would get to that event, things would explode. Like there'd be just everybody would have their secrets. They would all come out and they would there are a hundred something episodes of gossip girl and they ruined a hundred something events. Like every single episode, it was a disaster every time. And that's what I wanted out of this. We got up to that moment where Cheryl is wearing black. She says, I'm going to come downstairs. I'll be there in a moment. And then she's wearing white. She's wearing the same outfit she was wearing on the day that she was found on the shore and Jason Blossom was lost. And there's this awesome exchange where Veronica says, Oh my God. And Kevin looks at it and says, yes. And at that that moment, it's great. Kevin is all of us. He wants to see this blow up in everyone's face and it doesn't. She gives the speech. The parents get a little upset and that's pretty much the end of it. Right. All right. All right. First off, stop projecting your shitty show onto this show. Gossip girl is one of the best shows of all time. You shut your face. And honestly, like we're trying to be like Gossip Girl sucks, but Gossip Girl is just like this show, (laughs) except with comic book characters that we know. Yep. Uh, Okay, whatever. Uh, But anyways, I felt like uh, that was a that was a complete disaster. I mean, they had this whole thing planned for the funeral and then they had to shut it down because of uh, the girl in white there falling apart. I felt like what more drama could you have at a funeral? 
Well, it was weird because I loved uh, Cheryl's entrance music was awesome. Like that was a great moment. I love that Veronica sort of shushes Mrs. Blossom as like, yeah. hey, don't make it worse. And I'm like, yeah. whoa, ballsy. Yeah. But after all this hype about like Cheryl's got to say something, she says like nothing. She's like, what I are wore you this, talking about? I wore this dress up. once. And then it's like, later. Yeah, there needed to be some information. I mean, it doesn't need to be... There needed to be some dark, horrible family secret that got revealed that... Why did that need to happen to you? Because it it was built up so much. It was like the centerpiece of the episode. Uh, It was like if Gossip Girl was like ruining a bris or something. Stop talking about Gossip Girl. That's not how the show works. There's not a character... Exactly. Called, well, it's complicated. Uh, great. Yeah, I'm sure. Let's get into that. Uh, no. We needed, we needed a big uh, Oh, sure. Big okay. Well, like so it, when it starts off, there's a character named Dan Humphreys who's also called No, shut the fuck and up. He, no. He's just a regular kid what, who heads guys, up to the school of the upper What are you side. talking about? He we, falls we in got love the, with Serena We got the reveal what? of who the murderer was in this episode. Why are you guys ignoring that fact? What are you talking about? What? We know who the murderer is now. No, we don't. Who? don't yeah, we do. What? What do you? Betty's dad. You think it's Betty's, Betty's dad? dad? No. No. Yeah. No way. Yeah, he took the fucking photos out of the sheriff's. Only the murderer would do that. So uh, before we get to that, let's just take a little bit of a step back because, the, as you mentioned, there is a lot of information we get towards the end of the episode when things are dumped. I mean, first of all, we find out uh, Betty and Jughead decide. To do the old, while everybody's downstairs, we sneak into the yeah. kids' room and explore what's going on there. And of yeah, course, forget about the, forgetting about the creepy grandmother yeah. in the wheelchair. Oh my god, that was a great oh. shot! <laughs> Grandma that Blossom hanging out behind a door in her wheelchair, being oh. terrifying. Oh. I love that. That was great. Well, in, like in the earlier scene, the dinner that Veronica attends at the Blossom house, she seems like a monster matriarch yep. of the family, and then all of a sudden, she's like the creepiest witch woman. Was like. Hello, children. Welcome <laughs> to my secret room. Yeah. I don't know what's going on, but I'll tell you something important. Right. Yeah. And so she mistakes Betty for Polly. We find out that the we found out a couple of things about Polly this episode that she was uh sent to uh what would you say, sanatorium probably? Yeah. Uh yeah. for a loony bin. A loony bin for being uh driven crazy after something happened with Jason. We find out that Jason and Polly were actually engaged. Which is a pretty big detail. And not only that, Mr. Cooper knew about it and knew about the whole thing. So that's a lot of information. Why he murdered him. Yeah. We don't really know how that connects yet, though. He did not murder him. Yes, he did. No. But if he murdered him, he he would not need the murder board because he would he would know the details. He was right. But he's taking the murder board away from the sheriff. So the sheriff can't put it together. But if he was burning the murder board at the end, that'd be one thing. Then he's destroying the evidence. But instead, he's looking through it like, who did this? What happened? How does it looking happen? at his handiwork? Yeah, I think oh, I think what's actually going on is he is scared that Polly may have done it. And Great. he is trying to figure out oh. whether he has to protect her or not or exactly what's going on there. Um, so, I mean, I get what you're saying, Pete, and I get why there's an indication of, oh, Betty certainly thinks – He's guilty of something by the end of the episode, but I don't think he did the murder. I think he is still trying to protect Polly. And beyond that, I would venture, I mean, we're definitely jumping ahead to our whodunit end of the show thing. But I think just based on the fact that all the suspicion now is on Polly means that she also did not do it. 
but I know Justin, yeah. you disagree a little bit. Well, uh, my theory is some, uh, like, I feel like Betty's going to be a part of this murder somewhat. And I feel like this episode makes me think that Jason was leaving Riverdale to run away with Polly. Mm. And then something went wrong in that situation. Mm. And we don't know what it is. I do. This episode focused so much on the older, the parents. I feel like one or more of the parents, perhaps Hiram Lodge, like you were thinking, Alex, is going to be involved in uh, this conspiracy in the end. Yeah, there's definitely. We also learned oh, it's also ahead. it's sort of boring information, but like all of this rivalry between the Coopers and the Blossoms and the Lodges are in there as well. Like that stuff, I feel like this was exposition to set up some later reveals down the road. Yeah, they didn't mention it this episode, but we know from the food exhibition or whatever it was called the previous episode that the 75th anniversary of Riverdale is coming up. And given that we find out that Great Grandpa Blossom killed Great Grandpa Cooper, uh, I think that is all going to come out Gossip Girl style before the end of the season. I also wanted to mention what I totally loved as just a weird, bizarre detail that they keep hammering home on, that uh, Great Grandpa Blossom killed Great Grandpa Cooper over maple syrup, which is probably where Sticky Maple came from. Yeah, this town is obsessed with uh, sugary uh, condiments. Yeah. What do you think that's about? Why do they love maple syrup so much? It's maple it's syrup's so, fucking delicious, that's why. <laughs> well, the sticky maple is sort of a substitution for um, ejaculation. So I think oh, I think that's that's all the context we need. Oh, so do you think instead maybe like they had a semen farm and that they were fighting <laughs> over a semen farm or something like that? And maybe well, they're all so, maybe they're all uh, bred. They're bred in labs. That's what's going on. I mean, I love visiting the semen farm when I was a kid. <laughs> it's a, just a great class trip. Uh, uh, it's great because you you can put your mouth under the tap and just what like, the fuck? <laughs> all over your face. Sample all the different uh, flavors. Mwah. Mwah. Kiss him a fingers. Love it. You say kiss him a fingers too much. <laughs> That's just because I I'm trying to get guys. the stuff off of my fingers before I get it. You know, right. sticky okay. okay. Anyways, what? please what do you want to say, move the fuck on. Sure. So. The big teaser at the end of the episode, which I'm very excited about, is Betty and Jughead, our teen investigators, are going to go talk to Polly. So we're going to meet Polly. So what do you expect is going to happen next episode? What is actually going on with Polly? Uh, I think she's – I mean we also learned that she tried to kill herself is what got her locked up. It's not like she lost her mind. She's just – Something happened to her that made her feel like her life was over. So maybe she's going to be much less crazy than we've uh, thought. Yeah, I think she's going to be all Hannibal Lecter styles. Like it's going to be like she's running the insane asylum. She's definitely like in charge and it's going to be like she has to be locked up and her face is it's going to be awesome. (laughs) <laughs> it's gonna be awesome. She has a face mask with like. Yeah, weird... just he wants he, Pete. You're just upset that uh, Betty didn't rage out this episode, and you want Polly yes. to be nothing but pure rage. Yeah, exactly. All right. Before we go, we've definitely touched on this a lot, but let's get a more definitive answer. Uh, who killed Jason Blossom? Justin, who do you think? Uh, again, I think it's a conspiracy. I think the Coopers are involved. My thing is. One of our main teen characters has to be involved, mm-hmm. I feel like. Uh, otherwise, it's unsatisfying. Right now, I, I can't think of who it would be. Betty is my number one. Jughead seems like something fucked up happened. Uh, so he may be involved, and he has this darkness around him. But I still think some sort of uh, conspiracy team with uh, the Coopers uh, involved. What about you, Pete? 
Pa Cooper is it's clear as day. I don't know what you guys is. No more Cheryl, huh? No more Cheryl. Hmm. Interesting. Well, I have something. I have something to float you, right? That we keep seeing the shot of Cheryl on the day of the the murder yep. or the day right. when Jason leaves in the white dress on a rock, and right. she looks up at someone. Like right. whose whose point of view is that? That's the creepy Boy Scout guy. Yeah, it's Tilton Doyle, isn't it? Yep. yep. No, I mean that, that's not been said hmm. yet. And actually, when they were talking about Dilton, they never gestured. Well, that's to that. you asked me who I think it is, and that's what I think it is. I I'm going to still stick, even though this episode didn't necessarily help this theory, but I'm going to still stick with Hiram Lodge because I, I feel like all of these different threads need to connect in some way. And again, even if he was not directly the person that killed Jason Blossom, I think Jason may have found something out or something with Jason and Polly. I think Polly is too easy in a, of an answer. And I think if anything, Polly was probably pregnant and that's why they needed to get married and she lost the baby and isn't in a sane asylum just because the show has as much as i'm enjoying it often goes for those very low-hanging fruit sort of storylines i think we're going to see something like that and suspicion will be off polly by the end of the next episode and instead i think right back on hiram's machinations in some way yeah it's interesting and i i guess it's just weird to me that the plot would then twist back on like a money deal between Hiram and uh, over a land that we don't care about. Like, I feel like some of it has to spin out of the inner connections between our, our main characters. Well, I think it comes down to, it's going to come down to controlling Riverdale in some way. And Hiram, this is something straight from the comics. He's always wanted to own Riverdale and own everything in Riverdale. So whether there's something ridiculous like a secret treasure buried under pops or it's more just I want to own every piece of land in Riverdale, certainly the – He wants to make Riverdale great again. Oh, oh God. come on. Oh, Jesus. Don't do this. Don't. I mean, that's literally what you're saying. It's yeah, literally, that is literally what I'm saying. You're absolutely right. Stop it. All right. Before Stop. we go, uh, perennial question, Betty or Veronica? Justin, over to you. Betty or Veronica this episode? For a huge Veronica episode, definitely Veronica all day. I think in the next episode, we're going to see Veronica and Archie get closer together. And Pete, what about you, Betty or Veronica? This episode was Veronica. Whoa. I'm usually Betty Sounds all so day, fun. every day. But uh, now You said but all, Betty all day, every day, but clearly that's another Pete lie. Whoa. <laughs> I just felt like this episode. Several you know, days, not every day. Yeah, yeah. Eat lie page once again. 364, not 365. <laughs> Everybody gets a day off. And Betty got a day off on this episode because Veronica was fantastic in this episode. I'm going to go with Betty still. I, as I've mentioned, I'm a total, sorry, I'm a total sucker for teen sleuth investigators. I love her and Jughead going after this mystery and trying to solve it. I, it's such a little detail, but I love it every time she calls him Juggy. And we didn't talk about this, yeah. but there's a hint of maybe a Betty Jughead romance thing going on when she talks about him in no a suit. I think that would be great. I'd like that. I think that would be cute. So, there was, yeah, yeah when yeah. he was in the suit moment, that was nice. But part of me was like, Definitely where the fuck did different. you get that? You don't even have a home. Where can you store a suit? Uh, it's probably in the box right under a bunch of snakes. That's probably where oh. he keeps it. <laughs> yeah, Jughead's a big snake dude. Day two next week for even more Riverdale After Dark. Also, if you're ever in New York, we do a live show every Tuesday night called Comic Book Club, where we have comedians and comic book mm, people. 
I don't know, writers, artists. Oh, I don't know. I've we've only been they doing the show for ten years. Uh, that's also podcast through Nerdist, so you can check it out there. Comicbookclublive.com. Also, if you want to support this show and the other shows we do, patreon.com slash comic book club. Pete, anything you want to mention? Yeah, friend us on Facebook so you get to know about all the amazing guests we have on the show. Also, sorry for this creepy uh, theme music that we play during this podcast. <laughs> but thank you to Jeff Solomon for the creepy theme music. Follow us on Twitter at Comic Book Live. Yep. I- and I think I pretty much already covered everything. So to wrap it up, Justin, anything you want to say? Reggie, you're the captain now. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.